Welcome in, Hawks fans. It's your boy, Bryce Lewis, back again, but with a new show, Believe in Hawks. Episode one is here, and now you know what we're doing. We're going to give you all of the latest coverage on Hawks news, breaking news, in-season, everything. If you've been a past listener on my YouTube, you know I've done Hawks wrap-ups, and I've also done some Falcons coverage, but now... Because of the Believe Network, I now have my own podcast. Like I said, Believe in Hawks. If you're watching this through audio podcasts, uh, Spotify, go ahead, shoot me a follow at Bricey underscore 2K on Twitter. If you're watching this on my YouTube, the, the at is down below on the uh, lower bar. And, you know, we do here, baby. We talk about all things Hawks and try to connect the Hawks fandom together so we can all just, you know, have a really good basketball conversation because that's all I've ever been about. It's just good basketball talk. And we're going to continue that here. Um, you know, one reason, you know, I made this podcast is because I know, especially within the Hawks circles, there's not a lot of podcasts on the Atlanta Hawks. There's not a lot of shows that cover the team. You know, you can find plenty of Lakers. You can find plenty of Knicks. You can find plenty of uh, the Bucks. You can find plenty of the Heat. But how many rel- like real legitimate Hawks podcasts are out there? You have some podcasts that cover Atlanta teams, but but that's just a mixture. I mean, the most prominent one I know of is the Locked On podcast with Brad Rowland, my, a, a good friend of, of mine. So, you know, outside of that, I mean, how many? I mean, I'm sure there's others too. I'm not trying to discredit anybody. I know there's other high Hawks podcasters in the community, but you know what I mean, like. Just the options are not as 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 much uh, as other NBA teams. And I just want to use this platform to be able to give you guys Hawks coverage that y'all can rely on week after week and moving on forward. As of right now, probably drop about one show a week. That's the plan until the regular season starts, and then we'll start pumping out more content and everything. But, but in terms of the show today for the first episode, Right now, not a lot happening in the NBA, but there's plenty to talk about still. We're going to go into the rumors. Kobe Bufkin, potentially the reason why the Hawks couldn't pull off the Pascal Siakam trade. I'll give my thoughts on that. That has Hawks Twitter kind of divided a little bit on whether the Hawks should have made him include him and maybe didn't include him. And then also, we're just going to talk about today what a Hawks player has been up to this offseason. You know, Trey Young, you know, DeJounte Murray, Jalen Johnson, you know. Bogdanovich, they've all been doing different things this offseason. So I'm just going to update you guys on what they've been doing. If you haven't, you know, been paying attention or being able to, you know, see things on the internet about what's been going on with them. So, you know, what, you know, how we do. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Kobe Buffkin. So Michael Scotto, guy who, you know, sports in the NBA. Uh, he's a podcast host and an NBA writer for Hoops Hype for USA Today made an article talking about a potential holdup to why Pascal Siakam was not traded. And one of the reasons is that he cited in the article was because Kobe Bufkin was not offered. The Hawks did not want to move off of Bufkin for Siakam. Apparently it was around Hunter, A.J. Griffin, a pick, and, you know, we've heard Toronto, a lot of the rumors this offseason was they wanted multiple young players and the Hawks did not want to give him that second young player. And obviously, some people didn't want to be able to A.J. Griffin. Some Hawks fans are like, why are we even including A.J. in that trade? Can we include someone else? Can we include Capella or somebody or, or somebody like that instead of one of them? Which, you know, 
we've still been conflicting reports. Some people say that's not the case. Some people say that is the case. There's just a lot of different things. I personally think, you know, we've heard so many stories. You, if you're a Hawks fan, you know what I'm talking about. All the stories, the rumors that you heard about what was going on, what the Hawks were doing, what who was involved with the trade, what was holding the trade up. Oh, Pascal doesn't want to resign with the team, everything. And, if, and as far as I know, that's been the most consistent thing is that Pascal Siakam does not want to resign with another team. He wants to stay in Toronto. People say this is the really one of the first few times you actually have a player who doesn't want to get traded, but also the team may not want to pay him. But if he gets traded to a team that wants to pay him, he may not want to resign there either. It's kind of a weird situation, the Pascal Siakam situation. And to me, I know people have been on the side of – if you want to be a winner, if you truly want to show that you are committed to winning and trying to compete for a championship, you make the trade, you move off some young players. It's not about the future. It's about the now. Go ahead make that move. Get Pascal Siakam. Get your big three with DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, and Pascal and see what happens and hope that, you know, take the chance that he may, may or may not resign after this year. And then you have some who are like, why would we give up our future? Why would we mortgage guys like that? Why would we give up Bupkin who could potentially play more down the stretch uh, in, in the next coming years? Why would we give up A.J. Griffin, a guy that a lot of Hawks fans are high on? Why would we give him up, potentially a really good player? Some people think A.J. Griffin could be an all-star level player. Why would we give him up for a guy who doesn't want to play for more than one season here? Like, are we really, like, like, people are like, Siakam is a good player. He's an all-star player. But is he good enough to give up that much for for one year because Pascal Siakam probably won't make the Hawks a favorite in the Eastern Conference. So it's like, is it really worth that type of move? In my honest opinion, I feel like this. I'm a big fan of AJ. I'm a big fan of Kobe. Obviously in that trade, DeAndre probably would be moved just because Siakam might come in and fill his spot potentially, or they'll have, or they'll put Siakam at the four of move Bay to the three. But um, I personally think that I wouldn't do it. And my reasoning is just because it's just too much to give up for a guy that will be on a one-year rent. If, if Siakam gave an indication to the Hawks, if his agent, if something came out and was like, Siakam will resign with the Hawks for a long-term deal, then it's like, all right, that changes things. I'd be like, all right, yeah, I mean, if that's what it takes to get the deal done, then that's what it maybe takes to get the deal done. You make the deal, you do the thing, fantastic. But because that's not the case, I just don't know if you can make a move like that without some type of guarantee, without some type of, of, of promise of that. Because the one thing you also got to think about is you're trying to build a team to win now, but also that can be sustained. Sometimes teams, there's two different mindsets of winning. You either have a team that wants to build a winner and then is sustained for a long period of time, or you have a team that wants to build a winner and knows in two years, we're probably going to be bad. In two years, I'm going to have to trade everybody. In two years, this team is going to be a jumbled mess. But in these next two coming years, I do think because of the moves I'm making, we can win a championship, and that'll be worth it. 
that's kind of similar to what Phoenix is doing. They're kind of like, we're not worried about three, four years from now. We expect to win this year. We expect to win next year, probably. They, they expect to be a championship team. But you have Denver, who has right now built a sustainable winner. Joker, Jamal, going to be there for years to come. You continue to have really strong role players around them, guys who fit the system, fit Michael Malone's, uh, you know, vision. The Nuggets could be a competitive team, a contending team for years to come. The Hawks right now are kind of a team that's been at 500 the last couple of years. You want to take the next step. But at the same time, are you in a position where you can just kind of just give up a lot of your assets for one player? And is that player worth it? Or do you still try to try to develop? Because the thing about this team that the Hawks have is that they have a lot of young guys. AJ developing. Jalen Johnson developing. Yaka Kangu developing. Kobe Bufkin developing. Even Trey is still improving. Um, DeAndre Hunter. Like, like, these guys are not finished, polished players. And you brought in Quinn Schneider to develop these guys, to help them improve, to help them get better. You, you, you brought, you purposely, when you fired McMillan, you said, we want a coach who is committed to development, who's committed to growth. You brought in a coaching staff, which I feel like he has a lot of, Quinn Snyder has a lot of teachers on the coaching staff. You brought all of them in for, for this team, this roster. Obviously, maybe there's probably more changes to come potentially, but you got a guy like Jalen Johnson who you expect to take the next step. That's why you bring in Quinn Snyder and you bring in the coaches you brought in. You know what I'm saying? So to say, yeah, we're just going to give it all to Pascal Siakam, it's, it's, it's interesting because let's say you trade Hunter, let's say you trade AJ, and let's say you trade Bufkin. Let's just say you trade him. So then your third point guard is Patty Mills, which is fine. Older guy, but it's fine. And then your next guard would probably be what? Wesley Matthews after AJ. After Bogey, it would be Wesley Matthews. So Bogey goes down, then your two guard is basically Wesley Matthews. Your depth's a little bit limited there. I mean, obviously, you never know that trade. They may throw in someone with Siakam, but that's what you—that's what you have, right? So it's one of those things where it's like I just think it's tough to make a move like that without commitment. This is—it's like—it's like when Toronto made that move for Kawhi Leonard, it made sense. Kawhi, he's a superstar. He is a guy who you think can elevate you to a championship, and Toronto was a number one, number two seed prior to Kawhi getting there. So I could I could see that working. There was, a, before he got there, they were competing. They thought they could compete. They said, we need one more star player. They got it. I don't know if the Hawks are in that same position right now to make a move like that. I feel like you, I feel like if you're them, you want to maybe give up Hunter. I mean, Hunter, Clint, some picks. I mean, this is where I maybe want to get a third, fourth team involved so they can maybe give up some players so then you don't have to give up your young guys. That way Toronto can get what they want. They're getting starters back and they're getting young players, and then you can get a player that you think can elevate you. And then the other teams can get who they want, and then everybody works out. But with the deal that was constructed or potentially if that's the offer that was given, 
I would make the move, but I I do understand why certain Hawks fans would say make the move. I understand it because they're like, I want to win. We need to win now. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's make the trade. Let's let's take the chance. You're not going to win this league if you don't take chances. Teams have taken chances before and have paid off. So why don't we decide to be the next team to take that chance and just hope for the best? So I, I completely get that side of the argument. I I really, really do. So I completely get why that is a bit of a controversial article within the Hawks community because some people are like, Kobe's not even going to play a lot this year. Why do we care if he gets traded? He's not even part of like this rotation this year, really. Like next year, as long as the Jonathan Trey is going to be here, how many minutes is he really going to get the next few years? I can see people saying that. But I mean, listen, this 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 coaching staff, I think this regime, they're committed to developing their players and and, and waiting it out and seeing if guys grow. And, and that's what and I think the, the problem is, is that maybe a lot of Hawks fans are tired of that because we had a lot of young players previously and they didn't grow. But I also can make it here and I, I'll probably go on a spiel about this in a future episode. Nate McMillan was not committed to developing. He said it, he wasn't. So that's why a lot of young players, while he was here and while they were here, did not maybe pan out to the success that we thought they would pan out to. That's what would make logical sense to me, but that's just me. So we'll have to see. It was just an interesting tidbit that that news came out and then it caused that type of conversation within the Hawks community. And that's why we're here. We have these discussions. We talk about these things. I know I want to hear you guys. What's your thoughts on it? Would you make the trade? Would you not make the trade? I think these are things that, you know, GM's front offices have to make a decision on. Either side, you can see people being upset. So, you know, you just got to make the best decision you make for them. And right now the Hawks are standing pat with what they have. So we'll have to see. Obviously, trade in line comes out. And we'll see when that happens, how that ends up looking. Now, on to the next part. On to the next thing. What have Hawks players been up to this offseason? I feel like we've all seen a lot of videos. Jalen Johnson in the gym going one-on-one with Obi Toppin. He's been working on his game. I feel like after last year, at the end of the year, I feel like Quinn Snyder and Landry Phillips said, Jalen, you're going to have a bigger role next year. Now, whether he's going to be the starter, we're not sure. They traded John Collins earlier this offseason. That we don't know who the starting four is going to be. Could it be Jalen? Could it be Shanique Bay? We don't know. But but he's clearly expected to do big things. Steve Cooning comes on 92.9 game. He's been, I like to call him a very brutally honest CEO. He's always been honest about what the Hawks need, what the Hawks are looking for, what's going on with the Hawks. Always been a very transparent guy. Very transparent guy. And he said that they expect Jalen to become a special player. They may think we're upgrading from John Collins with Jalen Johnson with what we think he can become. The biggest flaw in his game, I always would say, is just shooting clearly. It's not the best shooter in the world. He needs to improve that. But I think just him, his confidence, that's something I feel like under the Nate McMillan era was not instilled into him. And I think now with Quinn Snyder, he will instill confidence into Jalen Johnson. I think, you know, we know he's a great passer, good rebounder, shot blocker, 
guy can get to the rim. I've always said you're big and strong. Bully. Bully guys like LeBron bully guys. You have the ability to do it. I've seen him do it. He needs to have more confidence in dominating his matchup. He's been working with LeBron this offseason. And I know people hate me, people saying this, but, I mean, Jalen kind of has a LeBron-esque skill set. Kind of can do everything a little bit. Not saying he's LeBron, because I don't want people thinking I'm saying that. But the skill sets are not that crazy apart. There's some similarities there. So there's big expectations for Jalen Johnson coming into this year. And we've seen, like I said, videos of him working out, got into the gym early this year uh, the, for where Emory is. Uh, and like I say, he's been working out with guys, just trying to improve his game, trying to improve what he's doing, trying to get better at what he's what uh, other things. And that's big for him. I mean, Hawks Twitter has posted videos of him. Guys have been seen on Twitter all offseason hyping up Jalen Johnson like they're expecting him to have a big year coming up in year three. Big, year three, Jalen Johnson, everybody. <laughs> they're expecting this to be big for him and for him to take that next step as a guy who, if he has a big year this year, could solidify himself as a guy who will be here for years to come and be one of the faces of this team potentially in the future. Trey Young, he's been active, live runs. He's been, uh, you know, doing run game pickup games with Donovan Mitchell. Steph Curry, another example, another guy he's been working out with. He worked out with uh, Chris Brickley, uh, considered one of the best NBA trainers in the game. He's been working out with him. Uh, there was a video on Twitter of, of Trey Young hitting 21 straight threes, working on his shot. I mean, he's been working on his game. He, he made he made an Instagram, Twitter post coming back to Atlanta. Back in the gym, he asked him, where did Jante at? Where did Jante at? You know, he he seems locked in. I mean, Trey Young, I mean, I mean, honestly, if you if you follow Trey Young the last few years, uh, while he's been with the team, he's always working out a lot of the time. He he started a podcast this 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 uh summer too, uh from the point. You know, and he's been a guy who I feel like came off a very difficult year for him. It was a very challenging year. You know, you had all the Nate McMillan rumors with him and Nate maybe not getting along. Trey had some stretches of basketball that weren't his best. He 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 was he was struggling with his shot at times. There was a lot of different things going on with him. And it I think it affected his play. But when Quinn Snyder got there. And then they connected. I feel like that was the first time I think Trey really connected to a coach. I think that was the first time Trey was able to like truly like feel like I have a person who's in my corner. You've heard Trey's dad say, Quinn Snyder is going to be the best thing for my son. Woj has said, Quinn Snyder is going to be the best thing for Trey Young. Because they feel like the he they, he will get the most out of Trey, and I and I truly think everybody's trying to put Trey in all these trade rumors. Trey going want to go to L.A. Trey going to ask out. I personally think Trey Young is excited. He's excited to work with Snyder. Excited for him to put his system in. Excited to see what how this looks. Now, yes, if the Hawks end up being like they've been the last two years, I would not be surprised if Trey does get to a point where he's like, I'm, I'm gonna need to ask for a trade. I'm going to need to ask to leave. I'm going to need to ask to go. 
because then it's like that's three straight years of just underwhelming. But if this team makes an improvement and he has a career year or has an even better year than he's had in his previous seasons, I don't see Trey Young asking. And Trey Young, I'm sure, like everybody else, Quinn Landry sat down with him and said, listen, we want you to improve these things. We want you to get better at these things. And these things will make you a better player. And Quinn knows, it's like, I will do everything in my power to set you up so you can be the best player you can be for us. And I think that is something that has resonated with him, has resonated with Trey. And he's excited to, to see what this looks like. Like I am. I'm excited to see what the entire team looks like under Snyder's coaching staff and full system. So Trey, you know, he's been putting in work, working with different people, trying to improve his game, which he always tries to do, stay in good shape and just tries to keep himself ready and locked in and ready to go. Because, you know, like I said, training camp's going to be here before you know it. Got preseason games coming up, and Trey's going to be ready and locked in and ready to go. So really excited for him. DeJounte Murray, I mean, he's been in the gym since the season ended. I remember after the Boston series, that man was like a day or two later in the gym. Basketball is like his life. Like, that's how he relaxes. That's how he vibes. That's how he decompresses. That's how he, you know, that DeJounte basketball, hoop hoop is, is him. So he's been constantly working on his game, constantly in the gym, constantly improving. I'm sure they talked to him about what they want him to improve. I felt like with DeJounte during the year, DeJounte was looking for an identity on this team. Because I felt like when you had two point guards, it was like, so who who's the point guard on this possession? Who's who's the point guard here? Who's like like is it me? Is it you, Trey? And I feel like when Quinn got there, I I, I felt like I noticed this. I feel like Quinn was basically like DeJounte, when you and Trey on the floor, you're the two guard. So you 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 shoot that you shoot. Your 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 first objective is to score the ball. And then when Trey comes off the floor, then you become a true point. Don't worry about who's going to handle. We especially if Jalen Johnson is in the lineup. Like we got three guys who can run the offense. We listen, the last thing I need you to do is worry about who handling the ball, who's gonna set the play. Just run whatever is called, probably have a score first mentality, and 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 things will work out. I mean, you know DeJounte, he's in every league. He's in leagues in Washington. You know, he's playing. I think he went somewhere with Muhammad Gay. I think he played in one league with him. Um, He's, you know, DeJounte's been all over the place. He has been in a lot of different leagues. Um, He, he like I said, he did love who. I mean, obviously, he wasn't doing what he did last year, you know, with Apollo and all that, where he was just, you know, kind of goofy on the floor. I mean, I think he's absolutely hilarious, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think DeJounte's a very funny I, um, you know, he got, but he also got that dog in him, which you need, which again, I mean, the Hawks haven't really had a guy with dog in him since solo. So, I mean, I don't, I don't hate, you know, obviously you don't want his shenanigans to cost the team, but at the same time, it's like, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, cause if that's, if he has to play with that chip on his shoulder for him to be successful, then go ahead and play with that chip on your shoulder. If that helps you become more successful, I have no issue, no problem whatsoever. That works completely for me. You know, Kobe also, we talked about Kobe early. Kobe also been in the gym, did some warm-up, some pickup. He's been working on some stuff. Obviously, you know, you're in the circuit, you're in the circuit now, NBA players here to play with him. DeAndre Hunter has been seen in a lot of workout videos, 
lot of pull-up J's, uh, uh, working at a jump shot. I'm, he's someone I'm curious to see how he – like, he's probably the most least natural fit in terms of a Quinn Schneider fit, I would say. Um, he doesn't scream his type of player, but it doesn't mean that he may not be able to become that type of player. He has been working on his shot a lot. Quinn Snyder loves getting up threes, loves getting up shots. Um, I'm very interested to see what he looks like under a full Quinn Snyder system. I think DeAndre Hunter will be interesting. I think he's a guy who will probably be in trade talks a lot this year. I wouldn't be surprised as we get closer to the deadline. If Siakam trade talks come back up, he'll obviously be at the centerpiece of that as well, um, like he was during the offseason. But overall, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see, you know, what he looks like. I know a lot of people have soured on DeAndre uh, because of this past season and inconsistency and things like that. Uh, I mean, listen, if he really is potentially someone they're thinking about moving for salary cap reasons or whatever, I mean, he has one opportunity here to show that he may be someone worth keeping. Or if he balls out, could result in being a good trade piece so you know it'll be interesting with him but you know he's been he's been in the gym working on different things doing all types of different stuff you know seeing him work hard out there gotta talk about bogey bogdanovich man he's in the fifa world championships just played actually in the final against dennis Schroeder in germany with his country uh sorry sorry um and you know he you know bogey Bogdan has always been a guy who I, I was I was on the side of things, you know, with him in Serbia and everything, who really believed he was the right choice over Kevin Herter. I, I truly believe that. You know, he to me, was just more consistent than Kevin. He, people forget during that 2021 run, he, um, he was the, he was the second option. When Trey needed someone to come with him, Bogdanovich came with him. He gave him 25 when he needed it. Bogdanovich, whenever the Hawks would blow teams out, it was because Bogdanovich would hit two, three, two or three straight threes in a row during a barrage. Like, a, he he truly was a guy who I just felt like when you needed him most, you could rely on him. Even in the Heat series, when the Hawks were struggling, when they got back into those games, it was just because Bogey got hot. And that was just something I just didn't think we could depend on with Kevin. It wasn't something that I felt like we knew with Kevin we would get. And so that's why I didn't really trust him. I couldn't really trust it because of that. Uh, it's it's one of those things where he could be a key. I mean, he's a key bench player just anyway, but he's a guy who could be a key for this team because of his shooting. He is a Quinn Snyder guy. I expect him to have a big year. I know some people are wondering how much we're going to play him at the beginning of the season because he played in the world championships. You don't want to put too much on his knee. But overall, I, I mean, Bogey, Bogey is going to be a big player for us this year, and I expect him to continue to be that, and I expect him to be that extra guy 
that extra piece when they need it, he can provide it. And then also, in other words, guys like Yucca Congo, he's been working on his shot. He's been working on a three-point shot. He's trying to become a three-point shooter. Ultimately, I think Quinn Snyder's vision is everybody on the floor can hit a three, so everybody on the floor is a threat. So he's been in the gym. He's coming into a big year, going into his uh, contract year, basically. And Hawks have to make a decision if they're going to extend him. You know, contracts you saw, oh, guys like Nas Reed getting other things, maybe deals that maybe something that could range, that could be the range for him. That'll be interesting. So some very interesting things, I think, are afoot here. Uh, everybody's been working hard. I think they're all getting ready for camp, which is, like I said, in a month. Uh, I think media day is in a month as well. I think it's just an exciting time, really, for Hawks basketball. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, I think. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with this team. So I think I'm going to wrap the pod up here. Hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of the Believe in Hawks pod. Your host Bryce Lewis. Like I said, if you want to follow me, follow me on Twitter. Bryce underscore 2K, B-R-I-C-E-Y underscore 2K for all my latest Hawks takes. Also, subscribe to my YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube or want to find my YouTube. You can just look at Bryce Lewis or look at Believe in Hawks or look at Atlanta Falcons. I also do that content as well. So really enjoy this conversation. Really hope to continue this up and give you guys great Hawks content as the season starts, as the season goes on, and even after that, hopefully for, for time's sake. So really excited, guys. Glad, glad you guys tuned in, gave me an opportunity to be part of your day. I will see you guys next time.